Welcome to another episode of My Hope is Built On with your hosts, David and Dan Ziegler, a show about real people with real stories answering the question, what is your hope built on? May this week's episode bring you some hope. Welcome again to another episode of My Hope is Built On, and I have another amazing guest with me this week. Her name is Sharon Hughes, and Sharon uh, is somebody that we've met through, uh, again, uh, one of the things where there's some mutual platforms out there where we can kind of connect and collaborate with one another, especially as it relates to topics that we're all familiar with, or maybe we're on the same page with. And uh, Sharon had an amazing uh, story um, when I did some research on her, and um, I was really thinking she'd just be a great guest to have on our show as she kind of shares a little bit about some of her personal journey, especially as it relates to her hope. But uh, before we even get started, Sharon, uh, why don't you just go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you live, all that good stuff, you know? Oh, well, thank you for, so much for having me on. Yeah, I live in Southern California, not too far from you. I'm a mom of three grown kids. Everybody's out of the house, so nobody needs a sandwich. So, so hey, you know, if you need a sandwich, yeah. call me. Call me. I can hook you up with a mean grilled peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm known for eating way too much popcorn. It's kind of ridiculous. Probably talking way too much at parties and petting every dog that crosses my path. And, <laughs> Yeah, just an author, kind of a vintage enthusiast. Yeah, I don't know what else to tell you about me. <laughs> well, you know, there was a couple of things. You know, I saw a couple of things in there. You had some cover shots or cover photos as well. Where were those? Yeah, what were those for? Um. Oh, I wonder which one you're referring. Well, to. I saw one. You had one for um. You you had a furniture or you did some de home decor type stuff. Oh yeah. So I used to have an international home decor business, and yeah. So my product was in a lot of magazines. Before that, I was a swimwear model. I was in magazines for that. I've kind of done everything. Wow. It's That's kind of, it, it's a, it's a long story, much longer than you have time for. Yeah, no, podcast. no, I get it. I get it. No, no, I get it. But it sounds like you got an amazing journey and you have some great stories to share. Um, like I said, the show is really about hope. So, uh, Sharon, my first question always to everybody is when you think of hope, what does hope mean to you? Gosh, you know, hope is just, it's that thing that keeps us going hmm. when we can't see a way to go. And I, I kind of like to flip things on their head because when we flip it and we think, well, what is hopeless? That's like, that's where you're rock bottom, right? And mm. you just have nowhere else to go. Well, I've been there too, many, many times, hence my book. Um, and I just want to encourage the audience that if you're feeling hopeless, don't give up. We can talk about that too. I almost gave up. Well, I tried to give up. Tried yeah. to give up when I was 14. So yeah, wherever you want to dig in, what whichever way you want to go. Yeah, no, I'm no, that's good. You know, I was when I was looking through your um well, let, 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 tell everybody the name of your book first, because I think that'll tee up some of the things. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. So the book is The Girl in the Garage three steps to letting go of your past. And um, 
At the top of the book in the top corner, it says the true story of radical healing by a radical God. Okay. I had a therapist tell me one time that I was the outlier, that most people don't turn out like I do after going through the things that I did. And I was kind of taken back and, and actually, I think in a way it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I was like, well, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. You know? And he said, well, most women that have gone through the things that you have, have like 10 kids from five baby daddies. They've got addiction. They're living in a trailer. And I was like literally the polar opposite from that. I was mm. very picket fence. Let's bake cookies. You know, just even though like some would say I was a bad girl, I was a good, bad girl. Right. Right, right. I understand yeah. that. <laughs> so my follow-up question always is, and I'm going to go back to the questions I have for you, but just because I know it'll give us a little bit of a uh, an understanding, even though I know you've gone through some trials and some tribulations in your life and everything, what what is your hope built on? You know, I can't remember a day in my life that I did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. I grew up in a very abusive and dysfunctional home, but we said grace at the dinner table and sometimes we went to Sunday school. Right. So it doesn't really make sense because everybody else in my family, all the other kids, except for um, one stepsister, ended up with really big problems, you know, addiction going to jail, all those kind of things. Yeah. 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 And one of the things I read as well, when I was looking is that you had a statement there that I think you pivoted somewhere in your life from all the things you talked about the cover shots, you've had this business that you've ran, you've done all these things. And then there was a period of time because of what you had gone through within your life that you began to pivot because you realized something in yourself that wasn't quite right and you was recovering. And what I loved about it was healing from brokenness and lies. Yeah. Is what you said is you really wanted to help people pivot and come out of, you know, heal from the brokenness and lies that really uh, had, that they've been trapped in. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, gosh, this was one of those hopeless moments. It was one of those rock bottom moments. I was laying in bed. It was in the morning and I was praying and I was saying, God, I'm not going to make it. Mm. I'm just not going to make it. I had walked away from a 20 year marriage a couple of years earlier and literally everything in my life that I had been through and had not had a chance to heal from and grieve from that had been shoved down was coming flying out. And in that moment, I heard God say to me, what are you believing about yourself? And nobody had ever asked me that before. I had been in some counseling, but I had never really been in counseling to address the trauma, PTSD, uh, parental abduction, homelessness, multiple abusers, like none of this kind of thing. Wow. It caught me off guard. And I just thought, really, Lord, because you just know you know what I think about myself. And I heard him say, is it true? Hmm. That was pivotal. And I had already started going into the space of personal development. I'd been certified as a life coach and, and I knew some, something was brewing inside of me, but I just really wasn't sure where it was going to go. Right. So shortly after that God conversation, I went into corporate training 
and was given free creative reign to create any kind of training that would be of benefit to the company. Several managers, different departments said, you know, we need leadership development. We have a lot of young managers coming up. We need to help people with soft skills and communication, all this stuff. So I started these trainings around, you know, setting goals and what, what do you, how do you get out of where you think, kind of using the typical you know, acronym that we've all heard for a goal needs to be smart. Right. But I set it up with what's that thing you've been dragging around your entire life. So maybe it was the coach that said, you'll never make the cut. Maybe it was the, the parent that said, nobody will ever love you because you're so fat, you need to lose weight. So mm. that's literally the case of one of my clients. Just whatever the thing is you've dragged through your whole life that made you feel less than and like you're not good enough. And I said, hold that thought. So I went through the whole training, got to the end and I said, okay, now what that thing was, what if you weren't that? Mm. Who would you be? And a lady sitting in the front row blurted out free. And it really <laughs> caught me off guard. And I was like, okay, we're onto something because this gal, she was a rough and tough gal. She didn't look like your typical person you would see in the corporate world. I, I knew she had been through some things. Right. So about a week or two later, I did the same training with another room of people, guys, girls, you know, all ages, the same, same as before. But this time, two people started crying. And I thought, I'm going to get fired. I'm making people cry. <laughs> yep. But what was so interesting was at the end, the, there was a guy that was crying and he was probably about 36, 37. And he came up to me and he goes, Sharon, I haven't spoke to my family in 10 years. And because of that question, I'm going to call them. And I knew this is deep. And this became really the cornerstone of my book. It's just so deep in what if you're not who you think you are and what if you're believing lies, you know, yeah. what's possible for you. Right. Right. That's pretty cool. I mean, and it's a, um, it's amazing because I, it's, I am a, I'm a similar, I'm a, actually a part of a, I do leadership training and coaching as well. And so when you said all that stuff, it, it really does resonate with me, what you're talking about there, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it is funny because uh, as a person of faith, brokenness is something we should be very familiar with because it started from the beginning, right? And at the yeah. fall between Adam and Eve, when they fell, that created brokenness in our world and a broken relationship with with our creator. And, um, and, and it's been a constant ongoing thing to restore that broken relationship. But yet that brokenness is really stemmed into, and, and as a result of that, brokenness carries out and manifests in other ways too, because of the inability to address the brokenness in ourselves, right? And I, and I, and so, I, I really am moved by what you're saying there because it's a big topic for me, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and I really, it's really that heart transformation. And a lot of companies don't realize that really, if you want to, and if you want to increase the communications and really establish great connections within your organization, you really begin to start to listen to people and listening to people is not just understanding their perspective on the project. It's understanding what might be going on in their lives. Mm, yeah. And that really drives it. And have you seen that even for yourself? Is that, is that to be true as well? Yeah, it's incredibly true. In fact, one of the favorite trainings that I ever, ever delivered was leadership blind spots. Hmm. 
I mean, when we have people come in that sit in the office, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, they're spending more time at work than they are at home with their loved ones, like wakeful hours anyways. Yeah. And you just think that you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. Right. And how do we create a place that might actually, like a job might actually be somebody's safe haven. Mm. Like that's where they come and they get to do work that's fulfilling. They get to use some of their natural giftings, but they, they have camaraderie. They have support because maybe at home they don't have any support. Right. It's, there's so many ways that you can go down um, that field of, you know, what is it that you're believing? Because even that question, if we flip that around, like I like to do, yeah. A lot of the people in the C-suite, they're not the ones that were like me that think, oh, I'm not good enough and imposter syndrome. They have, they can have the opposite that think they've got it all figured out and everybody else is, is wrong. Right. And that's a huge leaders, leadership blind spot. Yeah. And, and also sometimes you're finding that is what really got them to where they are is because they push so hard to hide any of those things. It's so it becomes a masking almost, if you will, of underlying issues within them. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I agree. It's really, that's really a good thing. Talk to me a little bit personally about yourself in terms of what, what probably was one of the darkest points for you and how did you come out of that yourself where you felt the hopelessness? Gosh, you know, there, there's two times that I can remember that it being incredibly, incredibly dark. And one was when I was a, a teenager. It wasn't too long after the garage incident. And I wanted to take my life. And mm. I was, you know, very young and I was very naive. And thankfully, I was as naive as I was. I thought that vinegar was fermented, not <laughs> distilled. And I drank vinegar with sleeping pills and literally nothing happened. I slept a few hours and nothing happened. But, you know, if there had been booze in the house at that point, I, I would have probably grabbed the booze and maybe had ended it. But the other time was the one that I referenced just now about um, saying, God, I'm not going to make it because yeah. I just I literally had those thoughts. You know, who would suffer if I was gone? I thought, well, my kids. Yeah, that would be the only reason why I wouldn't do something like that. But I think a lot of people have shame for even considering checking out. Mm. And I, I would have ventured to say it's not an uncommon thought, especially after like what we've been through the last year and a half with so many people being locked down and isolated. Some people are, they're just so hopeless that they think, well, you know, what difference would it make anyways? Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you start that, that conversation in your head of trying to negotiate it out. Yeah, no, I get it. And it's a real emotion. I mean, and that's one thing we have to acknowledge. It is a real emotion. It is a real feeling. And, and yeah. while, while some of us, like you said, most of us probably have thought about it at one point or another, but maybe never proceeded to take any actions. Now you've made some steps towards that. And, and by the grace of God, it was nothing that ended up coming through to fruition. But mm -hmm. at the same time, how did you deal with that after the fact? Did you struggle with some guilt as a result of uh, your attempt to try to end yourself? When I was a teenager, I don't, I don't recall having okay. any guilt over that at all. I think at that point, I was probably 
broken so wide open. And you know, this is this is kind of the thing that I always think about when we hear of a celebrity taking their life, how bad do you have to hurt and be mm. suffering to get to that point? You know, I've been I've been close. I've been close. Yeah. Now, I don't know, gosh, now when when I look at it and I look back at that few years ago when I was just saying, God, I'm not gonna make it. Yeah. To me, that's more shrouded in kind of being ashamed that I would even think so. Right. I think that life is really sacred. If I if I look at another person, okay, so here's something I hear a lot from people that are really, really hurting. Healing, grace, mercy, it's for everybody else, but not me. Mm. And it's like, well, why? 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 You would never in your wildest dreams say to you know another person like a friend that was suffering you don't deserve grace and mercy you should just go kill yourself yeah yeah why so why do we talk to ourselves like that and then and this is and i'm just going to get a little <laughs> i'm, I'm going to go a little deep here here's the bait of the enemy he will tempt you with it he'll tell you how great it is and the moment you do it then he'll shame you with you yeah. shame you for doing it yeah so I hope that that really resonates with the audience of, gosh, this was so fun 10 minutes ago. And yeah. now my whole world sucks because yeah. of that decision. Uh, and, and, the, and it's funny you say that because he, like we've taught, you, you mentioned the, the enemy, he comes in to steal, kill and destroy, right? That's, that's his sole purpose in life. And, um, and, and if you think about anything in your life that you're going through, and you feel like, you know, maybe your innocence was robbed. Maybe some, those are things, those are acts of the enemy. And so those are things then we have to battle against and we do have the strength to battle, but how would you encourage somebody to rise above that and find the inner strength then to overcome and find that hope? It's easy. I've always said this on here. I don't like to just give it's Jesus, find Jesus. It, the, yeah. While I do believe that, that that is the answer, you're still going to have to work some things out. You're not just going to come to a, acknowledge him. And then all of a sudden, it's all better. You still have to deal with some things. And so what was some of the things you would say about that? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. Because, you know, I've known the Lord my whole life. Knowing Jesus is not the magic pill for learning how to think differently. You know, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, take every thought captive. Now there's mm -hmm. a lot of new age people going around and saying, you know, things about mindset and stuff like that. But it started with the Bible. Like that, that should be the authority. There's a reason why he said, take every thought captive. So what I teach and what is in my book, it's actually a workbook. It's that teaching yourself how to think for yourself rather than against yourself. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, you can be an alcoholic and get saved. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a radical deliverance from alcohol and cravings, although that can happen. Yep. You have to teach yourself how to react and, and act in different situations. It's the same thing with, with mindset. Yeah. You've got to learn how to undo these belief patterns that you've had about your life for, you know, decades, however long you've been on the planet, you've had thoughts about yourself. And mm -hmm. that's what I had to do. And it was hard work. 
Yeah. It's, it's what I call, it's the hard, easy thing because it's, the steps are easy, but it's hard to actually implement them and be consistent with them. And that's the key. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, I mean, the continuation, even of what you had just shared in that verse, it says, you know, it goes on is that you need to renew your mind, right? You need to mm-hmm. renew your thoughts. Yeah. And, and, and so it's replacing the lies that are in your lives with new truths. Right. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I, so, so agree with everything that you're saying. I mean, I think it's so important and, and especially because we are, we're, and again, one of the things you said, and I want to just reiterate that I believe Jesus is. I mean, I believe hope is a name and it's Jesus. That's what I believe. And I do believe that he is the transforming power that will help you overcome the things in your life. Will it require effort on your part? Yes, because you're going to have to lean into him in order to find that and to get through that in your life. So, um, you know, have you ever, I mean, just talk to me a little bit more about some of the people maybe that you've, you've counseled in this way that have kind of gone through the workbook. It sounds like you you use this workbook now as a tool and it's maybe workshops and things of that nature. Cause you've been able to get yeah. that. Uh, talk to me about some of the, the people that have been kind of got moved on and overcome through the book. You know, I mean, you mentioned a couple of stories, but maybe some other ones. Yeah, you know, there was actually um, a group I led from my church through the book just it just wrapped up a couple weeks ago. One of the gals that came at the end, she said, and she was older than me, she was in her probably early 60s. She goes, I've waited all my life to hear this. Mm. And it's interesting to me how going to church, you know, like, like, we need that we need that community. That's not what's necessarily going to get you across the finish line. And then I've had other clients that they cannot show up and do the work. They keep saying, I'm not getting a breakthrough. It comes back to, are you doing the work? The the first thing that I tell them is you need to set the reminder on your phone or like an alarm to go off every morning. So as soon as you wake up, your first alarm goes off, you wake up, your second alarm says, what are you choosing to believe about yourself? That's your first thought of the day, because if you're not choosing to think truth about yourself, you're, you're not going to get that breakthrough. You're going to stay stuck. Now you can believe a whole heck of a lot of truth about yourself. That's not wrapped up in a faith message and it it will take you far, Mm -hmm. but you want the icing on the cake. You want the cherry on top and you want to come into something that's deeper that almost words can't describe that's what you're going to get when you really surrender to God and you go, okay, well, what does God say about who I am? Yeah. Because everybody on the planet is valuable just for the mere, like the ground one, you're human, right? You're human and you're valuable. But what does God say about who you are? That's a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. And and with what you're saying is that it's more than just the behavior modification. If you want heart, you know, we can mod- we can work on modifying our behaviors and, and get to a place of doing that. But if you want heart transformation, yeah, then it requires a relationship. And that's yeah. where heart transformation comes in. And I and and I firmly believe that, um, right. you know, 
I, you know, again, because I teach in businesses, you can't go around all the time. You know, like you said, is you can't do sermons and you're not yeah. pulling out the Bible, but you teach them things that are very healthy truths that are ingrained within the word of God. Mm -hmm. um, but again, the heart transformation aspect of it is really that pivot point, right? It's really that knowledge of who Jesus is as your Lord and Savior becomes the transformational point in your life. Yeah. And I think that's a key thing and in, in, in a takeaway from there. I, you know, honestly, I, I really just enjoy hearing your story because I think it's, it's really exciting to see how God uses people and, and throughout all, in fact, all the stories throughout the Bible are broken people that have come through and been restored by a transformational God. And that's, you know, and again, your story is no different in the stories that I've heard all along of the stories of hope are just those stories. So I was really pleased to, that we were able to connect and get on here. Um, so tell, tell the audience, how can they get a hold of your book? I know we're going to put it in the show notes, but how can they, is it just go to Amazon or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty simple. Go to Amazon or go to barnesandnoble.com. It used to be on walmart.com and target.com. I don't know if it's still there anymore, but yeah, you can grab it that way. And if anybody purchases the book, if you take a picture of your receipt and you email it to me at hello at SharonHughes.net, I'll give you a free course called Beyond the Book. And that's a, a video course with me where we just go a little bit deeper and break up with even more lies and junk that's yeah. stuck in our head. No, that's great. And I will definitely make sure that I have all that stuff posted in the show notes and so people can get access to that as well. Um, again, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience before we, uh, wrap this up? Yes. This is the most important thing that I want to leave with your audience. Okay. Here it is. Go for it. Believing a lie is just as powerful as believing the truth. Mm. So make sure that you are staying in the truth. Really examine what you think be curious be the the mad scientist of your life and get curious about what's going on why is this going on what am i believing about this yeah and make sure that you are definitely in the truth well that's good and it's a good thought for everybody to really think through and sharon i really do appreciate you being on the show with us today and uh i'm looking forward to the audience um getting to your book and having a chance to read that and so like i said Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for all of you who are listening, um, again, stay hopeful. And if you have anybody, if you need to reach out and talk to anybody, our phone numbers are still in the show notes. So feel free to give us a phone call if you just need to borrow some hope. So again, until we see you again next week, uh, be faithful and be hopeful. Thank you so much. For